Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now hit me with that theme. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and ready or not, here I come. <laughs> Have we started? Yeah. I know you've heard that before, haven't you? How you doing? I'm great, thanks, Sam. I've, yes, I've heard that before because I've watched this week's movie. I'm talking about in another location. <laughs> and that is why it took Sam so long to find the perfect woman. <laughs> Thank you, Kahu. And that's our two guests. Well, none of our usual bullshit. That's our two guests. Stacey, how are you? Who cares? Great. Kahu, how are you doing? <laughs> I am fantastic. Welcome Woo! back to the podcast, Kahu. It's been a while. I know. It has been, has yeah. been a very long time. And Stacey Hurley, who is the queen of our podcast. She's back. People <laughs> yeah. loved your Whiplash episode, Stacey. Our really? Patreons went crazy for it. If you want to become a Patreon, please go over to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash MRITQS and you can sign up and listen to me and Stacey talk about Whiplash. Yeah, and you can ask us to watch things, which is really exciting. Exactly, but we don't want to watch people's sex tapes. We want to watch movies, right? <laughs> yes. So stop fucking sending them to us, Emily Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move over to the film. This week's film is the horror thriller Ready or Not from 2019, starring Samara Weaving as Grace, Adam Brody as Daniel, Annie McDowell as Becky, Mark O'Brien as Alex, and Henry Susney as Tony Ludemus. 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 86%, 88% on Ron Tomatoes, holy shit, and 64% on Metacritic. But one of you guys has to give a plot. One of us does. <laughs> I guess it can be me. Okay, what's the plot of this film, Kahu? For uh, people that don't want to see this, highly recommend that you go see it. What is the plot of this film, Kahu? Yeah, okay. So an unsuspecting Grace uh, marries her partner, Alex. Correct. Uh, and the the marriage is held at the, the rich family homestead, I guess you'd call it. Uh, and they have a tradition on the wedding night that... The bride has to play a game with the family. And if it turns out to be hide and seek, uh, she has to survive until dawn. Correct. And that's basically the plot of the film. Just standard American rich family shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Gateses and the Bezoses. And yeah. <laughs> the Trumps, they all do the shit. <laughs> the whole kind of setup around that was pretty secondary to the rest of the film. Yeah. Which basically is Samara Weaving just trying to stay alive, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Came out in August of 2019 in America, had a budget of $6 million, had a box office of $57.6 million, so, you know, modest success. And yeah, we'll just get into it. If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird or wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions, and sometimes we finish on one of our Patreon questions. Alternatively, we finish on a listener question, and this week it is a listener question, which we'll get through at the end. And the one we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film. If we're giving it a score over 5,000 out of 10,000, or if we're typically like Kahu and we hate films, we give this a score under 5,000 out of 10,000, we give it a shit sandwich. Yeah, I watch films just to hate on them. (laughs) You do! That's your whole fucking thing! And I was kind of nervous when we said we were doing this because I remember Knives Out and this kind of feel like similar films to me. You hated Knives Out. I did hate Knives Out. Yeah. And and yeah, I, I agree. The uh, the characters are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, very similar. Mm. Fucked up family in a rich mansion with, you know, a whole lot of crazy attitudes towards everything and don't but, really give much of a shit about the help. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll just have to... Wait and see what my analysis is. Well, you can start. Why don't you start us off? Why don't you go through with the compliment sandwich, shit sandwich? Alternatively, there is always the hyperbole sandwich, which is a score over 10,000. Mm-hmm. Very rare, although last week it got two hyperbole sandwiches on the Coming to America episode. So Ooh. there you go. Okay, so my first good thing. I thought this film was just really well balanced between being a horror, a thriller, and a comedy. Yeah, uh, I just think they set the tone of it really well, and there were a lot of times in the film where they could have gone too far in one direction, and they pulled back. I'd agree. They pepper the comedy in there at like the right intervals mm. to the point it doesn't become cheesy, but at the same time, it's not 
a crutch they sometimes rely on. It's like a right amount. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, you know, they have a suitable amount of running gags, like when the servants are killed and, <laughs> and they are, uh, and it's always, you know, the inconvenience of cleaning up the mess instead of hey, actually a person's died. <laughs> yeah. I love how none of the servants just die instantly, except for the one that she finds. Yeah, the end, yeah. Like the other two have to get put out of their misery. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like gargling on the go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another good thing. Wow. I, I liked how they set up the main character as arming herself and then just went totally away from that. Yes. I thought it would have been, it still would have been a good movie if she was able to kind of flip the tables and hunt them all. But it was just better that it was more about her survival rather than her hunting them. And she relied more on, on her wits and her tenacity instead of having the biggest gun basically yeah and she still wasn't a like she wasn't a pushover you know she nah. used violence when she had to so yeah i thought they just really stuck that character really well yeah and a final good thing what the hell hyperbole sandwich hyperbole Whoa, sandwich oh, all the way shit. uh i just i just thought they really wrapped up the ending really well between being sort of a bit out of it but also that the Lodomuses brought the downfall upon themselves. Yeah. For breaking the rules of the game that they were so adamant had to be met the whole way along. As a score out of 10,000 playing cards? I don't know. An unlucky number. 13,000 playing cards. Wow. Make it rain. I am so surprised. <laughs> I'm so surprised. You don't give hyperbole sandwiches. This is amazing. No, I don't, but I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm kidding. To... I never would have guessed from your score. <laughs> if I had to think of a bad thing, like maybe the beginning took too long to get into the action, but it didn't really. It, it was only like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. really enjoyed it. Didn't have any problems with it. On to you, Ginger Princess. What have you got? Okay. I agree with you, Kahu. My first good thing is quite but... <laughs> I I think it just had just enough storyline without overcomplicating mm. the the thread and and just enough humor sprinkled through and agree with you sam it was just used appropriately my bad thing is i hated how halfway through the movie when they were showing grace she'd ripped the bottom off her wedding dress and she was wearing her converse sneakers and she had the big gun and stuff and they had a couple of her shots of her walking towards the camera and it kind of reminded me of harley quinn-esque type character that mm. they were trying to turn her into, like uh, like push to breaking point. And I didn't like that. I yeah. thought it was cheesy, and they used it a few times. Because normally when you go to weddings and this shit happens, you're just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, and you just roll with it, right? You're not a breaking point. No, well, for a start, I actually wondered why she was still wearing her wedding dress at midnight. Uh, you, wouldn't you change into something else, especially once you, know, you found out you were going to play a game? Th- this is the weirdest thing and probably <laughs> call into question all of my male credentials, but I thought the same thing. I was like, she's just chilling out on her bed with her husband at this point. Is she still going to be wearing a wedding dress at midnight? Really? No, she's yeah. not. The only person wearing a wedding dress at midnight on our wedding was me. So, I mean, why would she <laughs> still be wearing a wedding dress? <laughs> I, I did quite like the, the shots, though, of her, like, you know, being all kick-ass, all armed up. No! I hated um, them. No. Because it, it made it look like, you know, she's not just going to lie down and take this. She yeah. means business and is tough. And then yes. it went away from that anyway? Yes. Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I hear you, but I think it was gimmicky tough as opposed yeah. to actually where later on in the film where she shows true grit when she's outside and she's kind of scraping herself through the fence and stuff like that. That shows yeah. different, like more genuine toughness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. My final good thing is it was just the right length. Any longer, and I would have been going, Sam, when is this movie finishing? Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Any movie that's longer than 90 minutes these days, I, like, I have to really make an effort yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's two hours, ten. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> am I really going to get that much more out of it? Yeah. yeah. That's the craziest part. It was like, I look at that, and I'm like, am I really going to do that? And then I watch like 15 episodes of The Office, or <laughs> yeah. like yeah. five episodes of The Wire, and I'm like, Hang on, that's like five hours, and yeah. I, I didn't want to watch a two-hour film. What the yeah. fuck is? 
hypocrite. <laughs> no, but I think um, coming back to the film with the storyline, yeah. it just would have started getting more and more ridiculous. It would have yeah. been like more comedic and more slapstick, and it wouldn't have done it justice. So that was a good thing. I hear you. And listeners, she does often complain to me about the right length. It's, it's something that she often brings up. Yes, and my score out of 10,000 playing <laughs> cards. Move us along, please. <laughs> My score out of 10,000 playing cards is 6,222. What? Ooh. No, I, I suppose that's high for you given that you're not a horror fan. Yes. I. There's many things I don't like about this movie and I probably wouldn't choose to watch it myself. We, but it was still good. It was good. Moving on to me, uh, my first good thing, Samara Weaving. I can't believe you guys haven't mentioned her. She's awesome. Yeah. She conveys this character really well. Like, she, like you've talked about, she... Comes across as a badass character, but at the same time, she's quite vulnerable. And like, she sold the hell out of that CGI nail going through her hand when she climbs out of that pit and she's covered in dirt and shit. And she puts her hand through the nail and just like the scream. Her howls, man, that's what I loved about it. Her howls, God, she has some amazing, like, shit. I'm like, fuck, this this woman is amazing. Amazing. She might be Margot Robbie 2.0 in a lot of people's eyes. I I don't agree with that. She looks kind of similar to her, but. The same time, I thought she was outstanding in this film. Uh, my great thing, because fuck it, I couldn't think of a bad thing about this film. <laughs> Theoretically, I would give this film maybe an eight thousand out of ten thousand. I can't fucking think of a bad thing. There's nothing in here. I agree with you with the length. It peppers along at a really good rate, and you're right with the comedy and all that sort of stuff getting mixed in. But the thing I like about this the most is that it has a lot of story it has to tell in terms of exposition, so that when that shit happens at the end. You understand what the fuck is going mm, on. Mm. And it does it in such an organic way that at no point uh, you do you feel like, oh, they're just having a conversation just for the sake of it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, well, you know we have to do this. We know you have to sacrifice this. It's like that's the type of shit that people would be saying if they were in this like absurd situation. And then a final good thing, yeah, I mean, we mentioned the stories, the twists and turns. Like there, there's just so many. There's just so many points mm. where you're just like, where the fuck is this going to go next? And even even at the end... And this was like the hardest part for me, but like I, if, if a film, like if a horror film sticks the landing, it almost automatically becomes one of my favorite ranked films because it's very easy to be a good horror film for 80% of the runtime, 90% of the runtime, and then get down to the final 10% and just be like, fuck, we don't know how to end this. Yeah. What the fuck do we do? Yeah. You know, we've set up all the shit. How do we have such a satisfying payoff? And this was satisfying. And I know they originally wanted to kill her at the end. Like that was going to be the original ending, but instead to actually have a point where you're just like, oh, this is all bullshit. Well, what the fuck were you doing? Well, we better kill her. And then they all just start magically exploding. Yeah. And then we get the shot of Belial, you know, LaBelle or whatever his name is. At the end, it's just like, fuck, that was awesome. And then her just walking out and just sitting down smoking a cigarette outside. Yeah, yeah. A house that's burning down. I was like, that's awesome. So, yeah, 12,000 out of 10,000. If I can't give this 8,000 out of 10, I'm going to give it 12. Why not? Whoa, things are out of control here. So. <laughs> have they ever been in control? An, Has there ever been an episode where things make sense? Nope. No. It's an overall hyperbole sandwich. It is. Anywho, that takes us over to question number two, which is a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast, a podcast that rages against, rages against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. So they take a universally beloved film and they argue why it's shit, or they take a film that is generally 30% or less on Rotten Tomatoes and argue why it's good. Then they do real talk at the end where they give their honest opinions about the film. They've just done a marriage story. Alex, I don't agree with a single word you said about that film. I think it's brilliant. Julio, you're my man. Anywho, one of Julio's usual questions is what's our most controversial opinion about this film? However, he has just sent to us, literally just before recording, a new question, which is how would this movie have been different if the main roles had been swapped in terms of gender? So in this case, it would have been a husband showing up marrying into a very rich family and then discovering that he's going to be murdered that night. Hmm. So let's just free ball. Anyone? Free ball. Well, (laughs) it would have been get out. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's an answer over later on for a question too. But um, yeah, I mean, and we get a bit of a taster of that at the beginning when uh, 30 years prior, uh, Charles, who is Aunt Helene's husband, I think, gets killed playing hide and seek on the wedding night. I don't know. I I think it would have still been a good film, but maybe just a bit more difficult to pull off. I feel like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like the, the part where the driver, or you, no, he's not the driver. He's sort of like the chef slash butler, like you know, yeah. main dude. 
goes and gets her and then chucks her in the ca- oh you know they have like a showdown and she sort of knocks him unconscious and throws the gun away and then she jumps in the car and drives off like i feel like if there was a male he would have picked up the gun and shot the guy you yeah. know like, i just feel like there's there's a level of believability that you have for a female character in this film that you just wouldn't have for a male character but you I know th- being overpowered by people and shit like that you just wouldn't yeah and it's a it's a lot it's i think it's a lot, a lot easier to have like the you know the stereotypical like poor naive female yeah, um, yeah. to begin with uh, rather than the male I don't know. Who I don't knows? know. Males are pretty fucking dumb. So. Yeah, I, I disagree with you guys. I'm sorry. Sam, I think you're blinded by your love for Samara weaving. <laughs> and you just can't bear to see her replaced with a male. No, actor. I can't. Fuck no. <laughs> and also, I think it's a huge stereotype that you guys are banking on here. Yeah. Um, having, you know, the female is the weaker. We watch horror movies all the time where it's guy versus guy, someone's getting murdered or beaten up or whatever. It could it could be more brutal. It could be like an R-rated version of Ready or Not. <laughs> I loved how you had to look at the page <laughs> to see what the name of the film is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie. We are professionals. <laughs> I think the I think if it was a guy, he'd he'd get real vengeful really quick and would just sort of blunder around and probably get killed straight away. I've, oh, I've, so you don't think guys are smart enough to last till dawn? Nah, fuck no. <laughs> I, I think in this scenario, She's nah. Highly intelligent in this. Mm. And, and they're bigger, so they can't fit in the dumbwaiter. <laughs> the, the question then becomes, like, do you think if it was his wife in this, you know what I mean, like, would she have helped him? Because obviously mm. we see her husband, Alex, at the start, help him quite a lot. Whether they'd have a female helping him and, like, being ostracized from the family or whether she'd be, like, the, you know, the sinister evil woman and be, like, you know, like Rose or whatever, and get out. We should just be like, "Oh, fucking, totally taking this dude down." Yeah, well, yeah, and the the side characters in this film are interesting as well as to how they're brought into this whole family yes. situation. Like, there's the the sister-in-law who's just a total psychopath. <laughs> like, she's just like, well, that's what sister-in-laws are like. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, <laughs> she's just like, I'm I'm all in on this game and this family, and I don't give a shit. I'm going to hunt her down. I'm totally joking to my sister-in-law. I, like her and I don't want her to murder me. So. <laughs> anyway, that's question number two. Thanks for the update, Julio. Question number three comes courtesy of another Patreon, Chris Yeni. What is it there, Stacey? What song would you have inserted into this movie and when? I do love the way that the film ends on a cover of Love Me Tender. I thought that was quite, uh, quite cool. But uh, if, to be honest, I would have wanted something that's a little bit more on the nose. I'm going with Talking Heads, not Road to Nowhere. I'm going with Burning Down the House. <laughs> down oh, are you kidding me? That's nice. what I had. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I thought this question would be better interpreted as what's the most obvious um, song you could pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've gone one more obvious, and I'm going with the Fugees, ready or not. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Probably when she's in the dumbwaiter listening to the song. Yes. Oh, God, that song was creepy. Yeah, yeah. Stacey, if you ever play that in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping, yeah. I'm coming out swinging, babe. I am not, <laughs> uh, no warning shots. I'm either climbing out the window and falling a story off the side of our house, just like she does in this film where she jumps out of window. Okay, that was kind of bullshit. But, yeah. anyway, <laughs> but I'm not hearing a bad thing about this film. I'm, not, I'm coming out swinging. That's what I'm trying to say. Coming out swinging. Straight to the servant's passages. There's a euphemism. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, uh, question number four, which is also a Patreon question. We now just do these at the start of our podcast. This one comes courtesy of Dave Baker of uh, patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a cornucopia of creative content, ranging from pro samples to essays and a whole bunch of awesome stuff. You should all go check it out on patreon.com forward slash your favorite. There'll be a link down in the show notes. And what Dave would like to know this week is which character from this film would have the biggest social media following and on what platform? I think Emily, who is the sister of the husband. Um... Alex? Uh, Adam Brody's sister. Sorry, Adam Brody's wife in this. No, that was Charity or Chastity or something. Oh, yeah. Charity. Uh, um, no, Emily was, was their sister. Oh, she, their, yeah, she sorry, was yeah. married to that doofus Fitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. Um, I loved that guy. Emily. <laughs> that, was, that would be me, man. YouTubing how to shoot a crossbow in a book yeah. toilet. That would totally be me. <laughs> yes, it would be. Uh, so I think. Hey. Uh, I think they alluded to it at the beginning that they had just arrived from Paris or something. So Emily would be all over Instagram because she's just she just 
like I hate to say it, but she just seems totally talentless. Like one of those, <laughs> one of those like rich kids that have been brought up with everything on their plate. Yeah. And so they've never had to try or achieve anything. And even when she shoots servants, you know, like her father's always a sympathetic shoulder yeah. to cry on. I couldn't believe it. It was just, <laughs> oh, I just know, like, I know. oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay at all. She was an easy answer as well because she even said to uh, Samara Weaving's character, she even said, I've been stalking you on Instagram. We're totally oh, really? friends. Oh, really? Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yes, which is why I'm actually choosing Grace. And um, I thought for a second, hang on, a s- why would she have a bigger following than this rich family? Because who would follow family members of a gaming empire on li- online? Yeah, soulless, soulless family members. No, per- no personality. They're just nothing. Like, sure, the empire might have a following of some sort if you're interested in those kind of games. Um, yeah, so it's Grace. And I don't know what she's doing, but she's doing something on Instagram, uh, cataloging her life. Um, I can't say I'd be terribly interested, but uh, the- a lot of people would be. Well, Samara Weaving has 1.1 million followers on Instagram, so... Oh, wow, there you go. So she was... I mean, those two are the obvious answers. I, I Those were my only two answers as well. Oh. I had them written, both written down. I was like, is either one of these two... Surely one of these guys will go with something different. Looking at Stacey, we normally get the Stacey answer around now, which makes no sense I'm whatsoever. I'm saving it. <laughs> I, look, I cannot wait. The anticipation <laughs> of the insanity is killing me. This film really does reiterate to... If you're a... Um, bride or groom-to-be to never turn up at your wedding by yourself. Yeah, where's your bridesmaids and shit? Yeah, yeah. Where's just, his family? Even friends? if you don't really have... Well, she's a foster family. Even oh, if you yeah. don't really have a lot of friends, like, just invite all your Facebook friends, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone will come. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, moves it over to question number five, which is courtesy of Dan Brennick of the Netflix and Swill podcast. You guys know Dan. He's one half of Netflix and Swill, a podcast that covers all things Netflix related, surprisingly. Just everything, new films, new TV shows, trailers, news, breakdowns. It's fucking awesome. Anyway, what's he got there, Kahu? Yeah, thanks, Dan. Our question five is, who was the real MVP of this movie? Sam. And it can't be the main character. So there goes Grace. Yep. Uh, I want to go with the matriarch. I don't know. She's not the matriarch. She's the older aunt. Aunt Helene. Yeah. She's yeah. the only one keeping shit real. She's keeping <laughs> these people on uh, like on track. She's actually like trying to keep everyone together and keep them in the right mindset. The rest of these people are fucking morons. Yeah. And she's got skin in the game because her husband was killed 30 years earlier. Exactly. And she's gutted she didn't do it. Mm. Oh, shit. I shouldn't say that too loud to you. No, she realised she would have saved everyone a whole heap of stress if she'd just done it. Exactly. And she will have her vengeance. Yes. In this life or the next. <laughs> I was like, don't say it. Please don't say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she she was really good. It's like a she flipped a switch, eh, when her husband was killed. Yeah. Yeah. And then justified it later on by saying she would have done it anyway. Yeah. She basically <laughs> just shaked it off. My answer for that one is, I, I think the real MVP is LaBelle. Yes. Because... Is that your answer? No, I, I'm disagreeing. Okay. I, I think maybe he was quite happy that this family had its downfall because they just clearly got too big for their boots or something, and he was happy for old Grace to put them out of their misery. I do have a deep philosophical debate about that, and this is my answer to that later question was, do you think this, that's it, he's done? He's like, oh, thank fuck, I'm you know, done with these people. They're all dead now. Hmm. Or does the curse transfer onto her? Like, does she now have to murder people? Oh, or... please, no, not already or not to. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Miss I Love Sequels comes out swinging on her love for sequels. No, don't do it, Samara. If they come to you with a script, no. <laughs> Dear enough, please, run away. Samara, please, hear my prayers. <laughs> You're too good for this. No, I don't, I don't think she'd, she just wouldn't put up with doing any of that shit. Help me, Obi-Wan Samara. You're my only hope. <laughs> okay, so it's really hard to pick an MVP that, that isn't the lead character because they're all a wee bit hopeless in their own ways. But I'm going to go with Becky Ladomus, which is Andy McDowell's character, the mum. Yeah, yeah. Because she kind of sucks Grace in. She sucks her in as in, similar to um, Adam Brody's character, the brother. They well, how's no one mention him? Well, I was going to mention him, but He's I just, thought he was too obvious. Yeah, he is yeah. too obvious, yeah. <laughs> He's not really, because he kind of flip-flops a bit 
on. He's like, he looks yeah, like he's, he's helping. when he needs to. You know, yeah. he knew the dad was there with a gun. He had to look like an asshole. He was biding his time for the perfect opportunity to get her out of there. He was yeah. too obvious. Okay, so anyway, so the next best person is <laughs> Becky. And um, she's good because she gets close to Grace so that, and it seems like Grace can trust her and things like that. And she kind of runs situations, like you say, when they accidentally kill their servants, you know, she's one of the ones kind of with a clear mind on what to do. Do you reckon she's deliberate the whole way through with that? Or like she's trying to be the good mother-in-law, but then when she sees where things are going, she just kind of flips into what her role should be. Yeah, her true nature comes out when she confronts her. Yeah, but do you reckon she's being deliberate about the earlier scenes then? It's sort of hedging her bets in a lot of ways. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah." I I get the air from her. She's got this air about her that she knows what's going on at all times. So, like, yeah, so the earlier scenes, it's like she knows Mm. what could happen and what could unfold. Mm, True. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, moves us over to another Patreon question. This one comes courtesy of Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast in which she takes a film that's universally beloved or adored or whatever, and then she compares that to a film that she likes more that doesn't get the love it deserves. Has some very interesting ideas and points, and she seems to be trolling me at the moment because literally every film that she's doing is one of my favourite films, and then she's comparing it to a film I've never heard of, and most people probably haven't. <laughs> Go this Italy. Week, this week I loved her because she trolled Face Off, which we watched and oh, yes. was pretty average. I still enjoyed it. Like, she was basically, Sam Hurley from every view just curious, hates it. And I was like, well, I don't hate it, but <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> Sorry, Nick Cage. I know you I know you <laughs> I know, listen to this yeah. podcast, and I know you care. And I just want to take a little time out to say, yeah, I'm still thinking of you. What a weird interlude. I've got no idea what the fuck I'm saying. What's the question, Stacey? <laughs> okay, what movie would you pair this with to make a double feature? Fuck that question. I'm going trilogy. <laughs> Breaking the rules. I'm going for the Adam Brody is a weirdo trilogy. <laughs> so we've got Adam Brody in this movie is a weirdo. Yeah. Adam Brody and Promising Young Woman yes, is a weirdo. Yes. And Adam Brody and Jennifer's body is a weirdo. I haven't seen the last one, oh. but yeah. Straight up in Jennifer's body, he's actually sacrificing a girl to Satan so that he can have a successful band. If somebody told me he was playing the same character in all three of these movies, <laughs> I'd be like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is. Hasn't he come a long way since the OC, though? <laughs> <Yes>. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's in Shazam as well. He's a charming motherfucker in Shazam, but he's awesome at playing a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just went with Get Out, as mentioned earlier. Uh. Quite strong parallels to this movie. Mm. Yeah, I, that was on my list too. And also Knives Out, which you guys have mentioned. is that so The Knives Out could be the morning after because it's like the mystery part. It's like retracing back through all the steps to figure out what happened. That could have been one of my good things about this movie, actually. It's not Knives Out. Fuck you. I think Knives Out is better than this film. And you can lick my balls as well. I really love Knives Out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't hyperbole sandwich it, so maybe I didn't like it as much as this one. <laughs> anyway, moves us over to question number seven, which is a new question from our friend Nick Haskins at Mr. Nikolai's Kitchen, who has asked us back to be on live stream for The Cure. They Ooh. want us to close out the Friday night. So that would what? be our Saturday night. So we would be the last podcast on... So we'd be doing the midnight shift in America, but who can fucking cares? That's perfect. That's perfect for us. At least that means that New Zealanders across this nation can tune into Twitch and watch us at six o'clock at night. Perfect. (laughs) Prime time. Those poor motherfuckers. Yeah. So it's either us or it's Simon Dallow. Who's it going to be? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a news broadcaster for all international listeners. Flag the news. Yeah. Us or a silver fox. I I know who I'd pick. Anyway, the question that he's given us, new one, as I mentioned. I mean, Mr. Nicholas Kitchen is a food podcast. He used to be Epic Film Guys, which was a film podcast. So he's managed to combine both of them and say, for this question, if this film was a meal, what meal would it be? So mine's not really a meal, but it's on the, it's on the food track. And I've gone with a microwaved hot chocolate. <laughs> what the Why? fuck is going This is the Stacey answer. What a... Because it's time's getting tough around because- <laughs> your family. Are you eating microwaved hot chocolate for dinner? We don't actually have a microwave. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> as, as Nigella would say, a micro wave. <laughs> uh, but no, for one main reason, because you chuck it in there and you pull it out and it's simmering away quite nicely and then it blows up in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a really good answer. Uh, I had no faith in you, Kahu, and I, I still don't, but I'll, I'll Ye of admit little you did faith. well then. I'm going with a similar angle to yours. So this family is as cold as ice. So my dish is an ice cream. It's going to be jelly tip flavoured, which has swirls of jelly through it to symbolise blood. <laughs> and sprinkled on? with popping candy. Oh, so you geez. get these little pops at the end to again uh, signify the blowing apart of the, of the family. <laughs> Your answer better be as deep as ours, Sam. <laughs> I went with a goat carry. It's so obvious. The goat carry, like there's goats in this film. Yeah, They're sacrificing yeah, yeah. goats. You know, it's a goat carry. But the thing that I like about it is it's been made by a very dodgy individual. And so it gives you explosive diarrhea at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Just when you're like, that was pretty satisfying. And now it's ending. No, no, it's not. Oh, it's fucking not ending. Here comes the explosions. <laughs> I think that's a Stacey answer. Oh, yeah, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> I wear my Ginger the, Princess card and pride. Is, um, we picked things that maybe we would perhaps like to eat or could at least stomach. You pick, You love this movie. Why would you pick a meal that would just cause so much turmoil for you? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I've had a couple of rums. I'm okay. sitting here trying to talk about this movie. Okay. Of course it doesn't have explosive diarrhea. I want this to be a goat's carry. I want it to be delicious, but at the same time related to this film. I just thought, there's a joke. <laughs> okay. Do I have to explain jokes? I, jokes are so much more funny when you have to explain them. Yeah, I get that. What other food explodes? Popping candy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Now, why did I say that? You both gave exploding answers. Microwave distilled water? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next question, number eight. What is it there, Kahu? Number eight, what was the biggest dick move of the movie? And this is a question that is really made for this movie. The entire film is a dick move in a lot of ways. Yes, (laughs) it absolutely is. So I'm going to nip it in the bud right at the start. Alex shouldn't have married Grace. Yeah. Or Grace shouldn't have married Alex. But she didn't know, right? Well, she didn't know. Whereas Alex knew what would Uh, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he should have just said, no, babe, we don't need to get married. We can just, you know. Just elope. She didn't really strike me as the type of girl that really, well, not elope. She didn't really need the big wedding. It's not like she had friends to invite and impress. And I, I just realised by eloping, you actually have to get married to elope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it more like it just be like. In a de facto. facto yeah, yeah, yeah. Relationship. Yeah. Kind of like me and Spanky. <laughs> <laughs> you have to live together for that. To we live in each other's hearts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just that. That type of guy, eh, who was just like, oh, this probably isn't going to happen, so it'll all be sweet. Yeah, he says that, and yet it happens every 30 years. So it's like, you're going to have to explain it to her at some point. Yeah, 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 that's right. my question later. I'm like, how the fuck do you just ignore this shit? Yeah, yeah, that's You know, he obviously cares for her. He doesn't want her to go through all this. He's kind of just hoping for the best. Come on, bro. Well, they had had an 18-month bonathon. Don't make me jealous, go. (laughs) What's your answer there, Sam? That sounds like a massive dick move, an 18-month bonafide. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest dick move I've ever heard of in my existence. If I had to pick the metaphorical dick move, then I would have gone with Captain Old Mate No Help, who's driving along the road and sees a bloodied woman in a wedding dress come running out, just like begging for help. Help me, help me, help me. And then he just pulls up. Nope, drives fucking off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What an asshole. Oh, yeah, what did he was, say? Did he say like, you crazy woman or something? Yeah, fuck yeah. off, you crazy lady or something. Uh, yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, like that was going to be my question of like, would you guys stop and do that? But then I was like, if I was some rich fucking asshole driving through the countryside, it was like, we don't want to get blood on my liver. Yeah, yeah, you that'd be like, it. Yeah. Even though I can fucking pocket change, pay for the entire car to be reupholstered yeah. if I wanted to. Fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah, big dick move. Big dick move. <laughs> big dick move. <laughs> and on that, let me tell you another thing about a big dick move. <laughs> on that car theme, I'm going for the the car nav guy, Justin. <laughs> Fuck you, Justin. <laughs> the the ultimate not my job guy. He was just like, nope, you're not the owner of the car. 
Not going to help you. What a wanker, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, that voice was the director of the film. Oh, right, right. Yeah, there you go. Somebody actually read the IMDb trivia this week. Well, we can yeah. tell him that justice is calling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nah, he, he was a complete dick. Help, I need the cops. I'm being attacked. I'm being killed. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to demobilize it. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you get out and run away at that point? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised the doors didn't automatically lock. I suppose, no, nah, maybe they had. Maybe they'd automatically locked and that's why she couldn't get out. Yeah. And so, because when he showed up, he smashed the window to get her out of there. So. Yeah, yeah. But then he got in the car and drove it. So, how did he drive a demo? I can't, no, damn it, I'm picking holes in a film I love. <laughs> Fuck. He was probably a. Um, a name on the thing, maybe? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he obviously drives them around places, I guess. True. Yeah, good point. Mm. But yeah, so many dick movies in this movie. Too many to count. Uh, question number nine. What is it these days? What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? Well, I've already given mine, so what do you got, Kahu? Uh, so, I thought during this film, there's some like pretty serious stereotypes going ar- along or around, particularly about the servants. And I thought, this exact same film was made 30 years ago, and we were watching it today. Would we look at it quite differently? Because it wouldn't be as, like, the film wouldn't be being made acknowledging those stereotypes? I think that oh. it would be the same. I think that... Um this film, you could have made a version in 1920, 1940, <laughs> 1960, 1980, and 20. <laughs> yeah. A silent film. <laughs> yes. Imagine how scary that would be. You could just see like the, the text frame come up, come up and say, 18 month bonathon. <laughs> yeah, 18 month bonathon. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then just five minutes of reading of just like, okay, so we've signed this deal with the devil because our. our her great grandfather was on this boat with a guy that he, you know, promised it, he'd it make him rich. It still works. It's it would still work. You do an interpretation of the film and not an exact replica. What about you, Stace? Okay, my philosophical debate is: How would you handle your family if they believed in a supernatural conspiracy? What, so you mean like how I handle all my family now? <laughs> or, or not even... You had dinner at mum's place last night. Do you not remember those people that we sacrificed? No, seriously though. Like, because we could all pick holes at the the characters in this film, like the, the ones we married in and the original family members. But seriously, what do you do? Like Alex went away from the family. He's like, oh, I can't, I can't handle these people. I can't handle the stuff they believe in. You can't argue against it because it's supernatural and you don't know what's going to happen or not. Yes, okay, they've had some unfortunate experiences in the past. Thing is, like, they don't tricky. know for sure that it's like you're right. Exactly. There's a conspiracy theory. They don't know they for don't sure. They don't know for sure. Although Alex has actually seen him, he's the only one in the family that saw him when he was five years old. Yes. And the father talks about other rich families who didn't do stuff and. Yes, they yeah, didn't play the game. down or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what the media wanted to tell you or whatever. What, yeah, yeah. What really happened is like, how the fuck would you know? <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. how are you Captain fucking evidence-gathering Sherlock Holmes going into these burnt-down houses and going, okay, yes, it's a pile of ashes, but let me tell you what really happened. Okay, mate. <laughs> well, they didn't play the game. Oh, damn it, I'm picking more holes in this film. <laughs> fuck it. All, all the real info comes down at the country club, you know. Sure. Maybe. And Maybe. who's telling the story? <laughs> No, but wasn't he talking about members of their own fam- his own family? Maybe he was No, there. he was talking about other families. Yeah. He was talking about like other people that were like, you know, had these deals and then their whole house burnt down and he was like, Oh, you know, they didn't play the game properly and it's just like, How the fuck would you know? But he does talk about his own family, how some people got married and they're like, yes. No, we're not doing that and they end up dying yes. by mistake and yes, shit. Mm. Exactly. So I suppose that's probably enough for them to be like, Yeah, it is true. Mm. Interesting. That's a good debate, Stacey. It like is. It. Still haven't had the Stacey answer. My God, am I on the edge of my seat in anticipation of that. <laughs> but question number 10 is, what's something from this film that you guys noticed that you don't think other people might have immediately noticed? Uh, uh, and I'm not so sure on this, but... I'm oh, pre- no, I saw it, yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> in the car crash that Grace isn't wearing a seatbelt. Yes! Yes! And I'm yes. pretty sure the other guy is, and yes. he just gets totally axed. And she's like all bound up and everything and yep. would be like bouncing off the roof and the walls yep. in any kind of car crash. Yeah. She like jumps out without a scratch. Like are rich people too cool to have airbags or something, you know? They were just getting in the way of the special effects and stuff. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't, I can't, oh, damn it, fuck. <laughs> I hate picking holes in movies, but we oh, do it every time. It didn't bother me because that guy had had a good run anyway. She had yeah. like whacked him over the head with a thing of boiling water and 
like kicked the shit out of him outside the car. Oh, that's right. Bashed him with the gun or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I did find it funny how he cornered her and then he was like, ha ha, the bullets don't work. And then he just stood there while she just ran up, grabbed a kettle <laughs> and smashed it over his head. It's just like, shall I defend myself? Nah. Is there anything else in this room that could be used as a weapon? Like all these knives, this yeah, hot boiling yeah. pot? Oh, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Got you with the gun. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that very soon. Uh, the one that was a little bit more noticeable is if anyone's seen Billy Madison or X-Men 1 and 2, I think. It's the same same house. Oh, okay, right. Same house that's in both of those films. Nope, never would have known that. <laughs> I like, recognised it, but I had to confirm it, so like I didn't know. Physical know. house, you mean? Yeah, like the same house, oh, like right, the same right. house they used to shoot those films. Okay. I remember looking at it and being like, that look, house looks really familiar, and I was like, it looks like the house out of X-Men, which also looks like the house out of Billy Madison. And then when I was going for the trivia, I was like, oh, it is. There was a couple of other movies too, but it, oh, right. those are the two most famous Well, ones. no more movies because they burnt it down. Yeah, exactly. It's all gone. Did they actually burn it down? Yes. They burned down an antique house. That they... Shut up, you guys. <laughs> She's back. She's back. <laughs> okay. So the thing that I noticed that really annoyed me was Aunt Helene or whatever. She looks like she's about 80 or 75 or 85 or 90. Really, really old. Yeah, a lot older than the yeah. than the father. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And she got married um, thirty years ago, so she still still would have been like fifty or sixty when she got married. Yeah, and the actress playing her would have looked about thirty, thirty five at a push. Yeah, it just didn't seem to add up to me. It didn't make sense. Mm. Anywho, that moves us over to our questions that we thought of while watching this film. Kahu, you're up. What you got there, bro? Yeah, my first question is. Why and how often do the Lodomuses sacrifice so many goats? I reckon if this is anything like colonics, it's like three times daily, you know? <laughs> You've got to keep it up. You've got to sacrifice those goats, the go- you know, Satan or whoever they're sacrificing. Hail Satan, all that sort of shit. They d- Shitballing here, but anyway. <laughs> they, they do have quite a few goats kind of lined up in that barn too. Yeah, what is it, a goat farm? No, they just sacrifice goats. It's always been the thing, like you sacrifice a goat to Satan. Really? Yeah, you know, we do this. Come on. Can't, can't be very healthy for the live goats in there to have the dead, dead goats. goats like in the basement. It keeps oh, the yeah, you don't want them to get keeps... mad goat disease before they die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too late. That would fucking suck. <laughs> it would suck. I, honestly, I don't know the answer to this. I just thought they might might have been some kind of game. I don't know know what. The goats have to go hide. Yeah. (laughs) Where's my goat? (laughs) Tell you what, that one goat was doing an awesome job of hiding. The one that came out and scared the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because she's like literally sitting there like trying to catch her breath or whatever and then just, like, (laughs) and into the hole. I was like, fuck, that goat is like hide and seek champion in the, you know, of the mall, man. Yeah, when they don't have brides on hand, they just get the goats to go hide. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's their training. There we go. It's a hide yes, and seek training. Yeah, they knew this card was coming. Pity they still can't shoot a crossbow. <laughs> uh, I love that bit where the, oh, what's Adam Brody's wife is just like, I got you, bitch. And yeah. then just shoots at her and misses her by like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By miles. I'm like, oh, that is fucking gold. <laughs> uh, my second question. Why would Dora, who was the final servant to die... Dora the Explorer. Who didn't want to go anywhere. uh, Why did she rat out Grace when she's trying to hide herself after all the other servants have been killed? I think she's been sucked into the story that the family's been saying, and it's almost Mm. like she's part of it. It's almost like she knows Grace has to die. Otherwise, she might die. I know it doesn't make sense, but she might consider herself like part of the family. Yeah, because I think the servants do. I think they've also lost their souls by working for this family and tolerating all this shit. Yeah. So, like, they, no one in this film has a smart idea whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> none of them do. It's weird, though, because she's trying so desperately to hide and be out of the way, and then she calls attention to herself. Yeah. Maybe she was so, doing it on purpose. Maybe she was decoying. Maybe she was, I don't know. She was just going to close the door. And, like, Where's Dora gone? <laughs> Yeah, you're way too optimistic for an incredibly dumb person in this film. Uh, okay, my final question. Of the three others in this film who married into the Lodomus family, 
Who would be the least likely to last the night if Conan Seek had been chosen? Come on, this is like the (laughs) most obvious answer, answer, really, eh? I I just feel like we needed a question to to talk about Fitch. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We need to talk about Fitch. The man who's standing in the toilet googling how to use a crossbow. (laughs) Come on, he's he's got one of the most realistic reactions. Yeah, he does. He's like, fuck, I've never seen this weapon before. Whereas all the rest of the family members are like, oh, yeah, I know what to do. Suited and booted, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Fitch is like, like literally standing in the bathroom. He hears Alex and Grace talking above him. And he's like, okay, back to the video. Like, yeah. he's a dumbass. Yeah. He's a complete dumbass. He's like, it, just, it just reminds me of a real dumbass frat boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think he's trying to sit the movie out. I think he's he's yeah. Got, he, yeah. he's gone. Okay, I don't really want to. What be the actor or this. the character? No, the character because he's like, this isn't really my family anyway. I'm just married, and you know, I don't want to be involved in the action too much. So I'll just yeah. hide in the toilet all night until dawn. He yeah. does seem like the kind of guy that's just there to reap the benefits. Basically, yeah. yeah. Of all the characters, even right to the end, he's just like he's not all that into it. And yeah. he doesn't want to take responsibility for his wife, who's coked up to Bilio and killing servants left, right, and centre. He's like, I can't put up with favourite parts of the movie was her just randomly killing these people. And <laughs> yeah, he has to obviously deal with her a lot, so he's like, oh, I'm taking the night off. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So there's Adam Brody's wife. Who was the other one? Uh, Adam Brody's oh, wife. Oh, Andy McDowell's character as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like none of the male characters apart from the dad were really into this at all. Nah. For the no. whole movie. Like, nah. Yeah. I'd say the, the butler dude or whatever was probably the next most into this. Yeah, yeah. Out all of the, everyone. All the female characters were into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Mm. Anywho, that moves me over to my questions. Yeah, I mean, this one kind of irks me a little bit. Like, had she not picked the card, she would have never have known about this game. But she might have potentially known about it in the future. Do you guys reckon he ever would have told her, oh, by the way, if you'd picked this card, we would have murdered you. Nah, I nah. He was a he was just too slimy. I don't think he ever would. He I just wanted to get her out of there and hoped it never happened. Yeah, he was just hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah. I think the only way she would have found out if would be if uh, I think Daniel's he's a bit loose when he's had a few drinks. Yeah, true. I think yeah. he would have he would have slipped something. He totally would have slipped her something. <laughs> she even says he's been trying to hit on me like repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or she would find out at the next wedding where this card comes up. Mm. Yeah. She would have, eh? But it's funny because Adam Brody points out she's not like us, she's got a soul, which is a bit of foreshadowing. But, like, if she was there the next time, like, she would have left, eh? She would be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's an interesting point, what, what she would have done. But oh, then if no. she's into the family, if she gets a divorce, is she out of the game? You know, like, is she no longer part of this, mm. whatever, ritual? More questions than answers. Sounds like they need a sequel. I'm... No way. <laughs> What's your next question there, Sam? My next question is, which of the Ladomas family would be the worst in bed? I feel like we're about to talk about Fitch again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think either of them, either Fitch or Emily, like, should just be so coked up and passed out all the time. Yeah. She just wouldn't try. And Fitch wouldn't know what to do, so I just reckon, like, how did they end up... perfect for each other. How did they end up having kids? Yeah, they're the only ones with kids, so (laughs) that... Yeah. Okay. So it might not be good. They can procreate, but... um, I think it's Alex. He's just too spineless, and he... I don't think he is fully committed. You definitely need someone who's going to put his back into it, right? You need a good spine. (laughs) Exactly. And that takes us down to my final question. Which is, at the end, we have this amazing shot of her sitting outside this mansion that's burning down inside a five or six, seven, however many corpses that have exploded. She's covered in their blood from head to toe, just covered in their blood, smoking a cigarette, sitting outside. And the police say, hey, what happened to her? And she goes, in-laws. That was a good line. Yeah, it was awesome. But how is she ever going to explain this shit? Like, what's her story? What does she do next? Yeah, I mean, it would be very difficult for her to explain it, but then she does have some evidence in the basement of the barn with Charles, the the, the other guy, the, oh, yeah, the husband yeah. that got killed yeah. 30 years prior. So I don't know. I was kind of more focused on what she would actually do next in the event that she could go free. They, like, I, I reckon she'd take over the gaming empire. 
Because I, I reckon well, when she sees... But if Le- she takes over, then she inherits that shit from LaBelle, doesn't she? Surely. Well, maybe she does, but then maybe she just goes, fuck it, I'm, I'm not going to do that shit. We'll see what happens. We need to find out in a sequel. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because... When she sees LaBelle at the end, does he, does he like toast to her or? Yeah, he sort of gives her a nod of like, well done, you won the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost as if Tip of the cap, good sir. Yeah, it's almost as if, you know, you've won the game. So by rights, you can take over the empire. Mm. There's got to be strings attached. You know, Mm. it's, yeah. They might also have, um, uh, they might have the uh, security footage backed up to the cloud. That machine did not look like it backed up to the cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like it was out of the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And they smashed it up pretty early on. Yeah, they did. Yeah, backed up to the cloud though. Yeah, I reckon she just went on her honeymoon and she was like, "Fuck this, I need a good break." <laughs> anyway, Stacey, what do you got? She just has to. They take her down to the police station, give her like a microwave hot chocolate or something, and <laughs> <laughs> or not, or not the goat curry. Hopefully get her a pair of orange sweatpants or something to replace her um, bloody dress with. And she just starts at the beginning and tells them. And if they choose not to believe her, fine. They can hook her up to a lie detector. I just hope she so goes. So she's in jail right now is what I'm hearing. No, not in, no, not in jail. She's at the police station. No, no, but explaining. following what you've just said, she's probably in jail. How do you explain people exploding? That's why I'm covered in seven different people's DNA. It's because they exploded in front of me. She could just blame it on the brother because he did actually poison them. True. Yes, and they all vomited. Good thinking. I'm just hoping one of the first things she does next is go to the hospital because, like, a hole in the hand could get infected pretty quick. (laughs) As someone who's had numerous infections in my legs, when I saw a hand, I was like, oh, you're going to need some antibiotics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, you're going to need some antibiotics. Probably some staples for that gash on the back of it, on her back as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that looked nasty. Some sliding through that fence. Anyway, Ginger Princess, what have you got for questions? Okay, I'd like to know, realistically, how long would you guys survive against your in-laws? Oh, this is easy for me, man. I'd just leave out a box of beers for your dad, leave out a couple of bars of chocolate for you, your sister and your mum, and I'd be sweet. I'd be... <laughs> Butter us up. All of your family are, like, early to betters, so... <laughs> so, you know, you guys would have your chocolate, have your beers, and then you guys are all trundle off to bed, and I'd be sitting up at 4am going, fuck, this is kind of boring. <laughs> They're not even trying Why? to murder me. They're not even trying to murder me. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, yeah, this is this be a good battle, I think. In-laws, in-laws are pretty smart. Oh, like, you're fucked, mate. <laughs> like, one's a psychiatrist and uh, oh, there's also a police detective in there. So um, that could be, you know, interesting. But then I, I go, go all right in the outdoors. So we'll see. Mm. If you can get out of the house, <laughs> yeah, you might yeah, have a chance. Have to get out of the house, yeah. <laughs> we, we all know Sarah would take you down, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So early on, we see that Alex tells Grace about the servants' passageways all through the entire house. Why does none of the rest of the family use those throughout the movie at all? I don't know. All, all I could think of was. Maybe they're just all scared of using them because Emily will accidentally shoot them. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. If they come out of a... Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. A secret door and <laughs> yeah. she's in that room. She's so coked up, like any kind of sudden movement, she's just like... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Sam? I just... like We talked about this. I feel like everybody in this family is dumbasses. You know what I mean? Like Your whole plot of this film is like you've got to hunt her down and then sacrifice her, right? She doesn't know that. Why stalk around the house with weapons? Yeah. Why not just be like, oh, hey, we found you. Cool, you need to come here now. Come back into the room. Cool. And now we're all going to hold you down, all seven, eight, twelve, however many of us. We're (laughs) going to hold you down, sacrifice you, job done, end the movie. Like, they're just dumbasses. Like, maybe they're thinking, oh, she doesn't even know about the secret passages. They fucking do. Yeah. The bloody aunt or whatever comes out of one. Like, they're mm. all just dumb. Oh, God damn, I can't keep saying this. I love this film. Fuck it. Is your score going down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. There's my bad thing is just there's a little bit too much stupidity that relies on. But, like, that's the same with every film. You've got to have a little bit of stupidity. It's, like, it's easy to pick holes in anything. But 
the other thing too is though is that I think they're so out of practice. Like they hunt somebody what once every thirty years. They probably don't practice for this shit. They probably don't work out game plans for this. They're like, oh fuck, there's the card. Okay, well we've got to do it. Here we go. Here's the weapons. Oh, you know, do we do tradition? Do we use the cameras? Rah, rah, rah. You know what I mean? Like they, it's not like they're training every day for this. Yeah, it's like it's like the the rich hunting parties they go out to hunt foxes or something but they yeah. can't hit anything because they never practice <laughs> yeah. yeah or they go to like africa and they basically get a, a guy that takes people around every day to drive them to a perfect location they get handed the rifle they look down the rifle they pull a trigger they kill some sort of like large animal you don't it's not hunt. even moving it's not even moving <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just chilling out you don't hunt that animal for weeks yeah. you don't track its movements you don't know it's like you know, like breeding locations or its feeding location. You didn't know anything. You just got basically driven to a place and like, here you go. And then you're like, oh my God, look at this. Look what I killed. It's like, you didn't do fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, then. So I'm going on rants. I've yeah. gone into rant mode. All right, then. So put your wear your heart on your sleeve and tell us which family member least deserved to become a corpse. The sister has two sons. One one of them, George, is like awake and all part of this, shoots her through the hands. Mm-hmm. The other son, he's got no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. He's yeah. just been woken up, got thrown into it. We don't see him explode, but we know he explodes because he yeah. runs out of the yeah. room and we hear yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a nice touch, actually, that they ran out yes. of the room. Didn't yes. they? Yeah, they didn't need to see, show yeah. us an exploding kid. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, obviously, uh, excluding Daniel, it has to be Charles, the early guy to begin with. He oh. got married and... Ended up becoming a corpse for no fault of his own. That is the trickiest answer we've had to a question in a long time. Well done, Co. <laughs> yes, well done. Okay, that takes us down to our final question, which is a listener question. And this has got to be the one where we hear the Stacey answer. Hey, I don't think there's going to be a Stacey answer. God damn it. No Stacey answer. I'm, I'm very disappointed. Anyway, this is a listener question that we threw out there to you guys, our dear listeners, to answer for us. We had a poll. I'll give the results of the poll soon, but I, it's going to be a, no surprise to anyone as to what the as to what the overall majority winner was by miles. But I'd be interested to see from you guys what you guys' answer is for this. And the question was, what game? So it could be a board game, could be I don't know, like just a standard kids game, child game, whatever. What game would be the most likely to make your family go homicidal? And I'm really struggling to get this question out because I've been at a games night at Kahoo's place. (laughs) I've seen how quickly people go homicidal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like any game is the answer for Kahoo. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you're well aware, Sam, it's it's very likely to be Settlers of Catan. Yes. Uh, Yes. Anybody that's played Settlers will understand why. Let's just say... uh, Somebody trades away all their wheat and then plays a Monopoly card to get it all back. That person is a bona fide asshole. So <laughs> nothing makes you lose friends quicker than that. Um, but in saying that, <laughs> yeah. or what's that uh, Among Us? Oh yeah, 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 could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've played a bit of game. Yeah, played a bit of uh, like real life Among Us. Jesus Christ, that's dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you play that in real well, you obviously, life? Well, you get to go around murdering everyone there. You obviously need more than three people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Things have taken a turn there, dear listeners. What about you, Stacey? What do you reckon would turn us homicidal if we started playing it? There is one game which we have yet to agree on how it's actually played, and that is Terraforming Mars. <laughs> Yes. I don't think it would turn us homicidal, though. I feel like we'd give up before we'd even had a chance to turn <laughs> homicidal. It, that, just, that game just takes so long to play, and it's so complicated. I don't believe that we have got the interpretation of the rules right. No, we haven't. Every time we try and play it, we've got no idea, to the point <laughs> that we're just like, give up, yep, give up, yep, cool. Mm. Uh, I went a little bit abstract on this, and... The only, the only thing that's come close to homicidal between me and Stacey is when we have to do something together. So I was imagining if we entered the amazing race. I think if we were on the amazing race together, I think we'd be the first couple eliminated because we eliminated each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I, just, yeah, I can totally see that. Or, or actually, if we're going down that route, I think it would be more like the block. Oh, We'd have each that. other nail gunned up on the first weekend and it'd be all over. Oh, Over to the blue house, and there's two dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we also had a noise complaint from using power tools after six o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a power tool, Co. 
Well, it was kind of. <laughs> oh man, I'd yeah, it's the type of thing to give me nightmares being on the uh, on the block, eh? You like you couldn't walk down the street without somebody just walking up and be like, "Oh, bro, man, <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah. sorry, bro." Yeah, which is yeah. what they'll be saying to Stacey. Is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyway, what no has been... Okay, let's just move on to what the listeners have to <laughs> yes, say. Yes, what did the listeners have to say? Uh, by the way, Amy and Ryan, if you guys are listening, that was a question just for you guys. I thought you might appreciate that. <laughs> Having been at a games night with you guys before, you guys know exactly where I'm coming from. <laughs> anyway, over to the answers. And yeah, we basically put out there four answers for people to vote on in a poll. And then like they could sound off in the comments if they wanted to. The options were charades, Monopoly, hide and seek, and Uno. Uh, I feel as if there's going to be a clear winner. Coming in at seventy percent, <laughs> hide and seek was not the answer. It was Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monopoly seventy percent, Uno nineteen percent, charades nine percent, and hide and seek two. Yeah, I mean that's the very reason why Monopoly is never played in our house. Mm. It's just a fucking dickhead of a game your yeah. whole purpose is just to destroy each other and if there's like three or four of you and then one of you manages to bankrupt the other it's like you're sitting there and you're like hey hey you know this friend of yours i've taken all of their money all of their property and now i'm going to do the same thing to you <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you're just in there and you're like oh cool awesome so the person that's already winning wins and wins and wins there's no like <laughs> yeah it's yeah. not like there's any sort of skill or luck to it to try and reverse your situation it's like the person that is going to win is going to fucking win and it's just like a, a it's like and death by a thousand cats you're just sitting there watching your fucking money go down yeah, losing yeah. properties yeah, mortgage you can, and never, shit. You're just, you can um, never catch back up nah. and like if if you're with a few people at a games night and everybody else has got kicked out it's like what are they going to do exactly they just sort of drift away and go to watch tv and you're left there as your pile slowly dwindles against the other person. Yeah. And it just drags on for rounds and rounds because you roll all these lucky rolls and manage to miss the person until you finally get hit. And it's just such a waste of time. Fuck that game. What was in the comments, Sam? Oh, yeah. Over to the comments. Emily from Tasteless Podcast said, you've got to be cutthroat in Monopoly. Also volunteer to be the bank and then that way you can steal what you can. Never going to play a game with Emily. <laughs> Paul from the Countdown Podcast. The Countdown Podcast is awesome. You guys should all be listening to them. Uh, highly recommend them. Paul from the Countdown said, Uno, because no damn fool can agree on the rules. Which is interesting, because it's like last card, but then it's a bit of variance. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I always try yes. and stay away from it, because it's just, it's just arsehole again. Yes, anything where the, the rules are questionable is just danger zone. Yeah. Danger zone. <laughs> Highway to oh, the no. next answer comes from our mate Amy, who was on the Back to the Future podcast. Amy has her own podcast as well, uh, Film for Fort, which I've been on. I was on episode one, which is uh, which was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Absolutely loved it. Amy said, do I need to introduce you to a version of Monopoly called Cheetah's Monopoly? <laughs> and yes, it's a real thing. And she put a photo of Cheetah's edition of Monopoly. I didn't want to know. I don't... Uh, how how can you get more cheatery than just playing normal Monopoly? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like, hey, do you like being stabbed in the chest? No. Okay, what about when it's two knives? <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck would I like that? <laughs> uh, our Mask, aka at Nixon, said, wife loves Monopoly and doesn't mind if the game lasts three days. If we ever play for longer than a couple of hours, I might get homicidal just to end the effing game. <laughs> Completely agree with you, bro. Beard or podcast said, my family has a variation on Uno, literally called Killer Uno. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love that answer. That's great. Michelle D. Hey, Michelle. How are you doing? She said, write and vote for Sorry, which I believe is called Ludo here. And Ludo is one of those games where if you can, has the opportunity to basically set a, a fellow player back and basically just piss off another player. Uh, yeah, I think I know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Good on Michelle D. Thank you so much for that. Mackenzie Lambert said Risk. Risk was going to be one of my answers, but he, I was saving it because Risk is one of those games that legitimately you just get so pissed off of everyone else. See, I, I've only ever played Risk once. I didn't even get to have a turn. I was just yes. <laughs> everyone has the story. I was, has I a was just I was just out straight away. I was like. I but I haven't done anything. <laughs> like, how can I already did they, have did lost? They killed you into ex out of existence, or alternatively, we played a game once because it takes a while to set up, 
yeah. we played secret missions and their secret mission was like have all of Australia and all of Africa or something like that. Right, right. And the guy basically just went for them. And after two turns, he's like, oh, I've won, by the way. And yeah. we were like, we just spent 45 minutes seeing this fucking game up and you've already won? Yeah, it was, it was like that. I was just like, wow, that was a fun time. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. The No Tears podcast said Monopoly was the go-to. Absolutely mm-hmm. agree, Monopoly. Fuck, we've said enough about that. Julio from the Katurians, Katurians that we mentioned, said Uno can be the pick depending on which rules you're playing by. However, Monopoly will get it no matter which rules you use. It's so correct. And then SWO Productions replied to that and just said Monopoly just isn't fun. So, so true. And then final one that we had was from Duty from the Shaken Not Nerd podcast. Said, it's got to be Monopoly. That game breaks people. The reason why I mentioned Shaken Not Nerd is they are awesome. Of course, you guys should be listening to their podcast. But we may potentially be seeing one of them on a podcast episode coming up soon. And we also have another episode coming up with the For You Reference podcast. I love Katie and Odie. I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. Those guys are coming on next weekend. Really looking forward to them. Oh, I've just got one last final note for you listeners. At present, we are trying to become a Rotten Tomatoes approved podcast. You heard me right. They have Rotten Tomatoes approved podcasts. We have to have at least 200 ratings on iTunes. They have to have an average of between four to five. We currently have that. We're currently sitting at 4.9 with over 247 ratings. So we're up there, but it would make us look even better if you guys left a five-star rating for us on iTunes. Never asked you guys to do this before. This is the first time I've done this. If you're listening to this on iTunes and you enjoy this, please leave a rating. Hey, even if you don't enjoy us, leave us a rating anyway. It'd fucking mean the world to us. Absolutely would. Anyway, yeah, that's thanks for me. Cheers. Peace. Bye. I've just got to start murdering children. I need to hold this up so I can remember. <laughs> I can't re- remember something I've just written down. Oh, movie reviews in 20 cues. X rated. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah.